Welcome, brothers and sisters, to this most divine edition of the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Sit back, relax, fold your hands together, and let the spirits flow through you. Welcome to the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Good evening, good day, ladies and, and gentlemen. We are live once more, once again, on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. My guest for today is Paul. He is a new podcaster with uh, with his show, Beyond the Paradigm. Uh, this is your second show that you're on. No, it, well, no, I've done I've done seven episodes as my of my own podcast, but I've also been on someone else's podcast last week as well for an interview. Oh, right, that yeah. was it. That was it. Yeah. So, um, just to you know, let the the people get to know you a little beyond the paradigm. What is what is the the topic of your podcast? Well, what do you what do you talk about? What's your what's your niche? Well. So I've always been interested in sort of conspiracy theories and sort of alternate history type thing. But being a being a Christian, um, I didn't sort of know how that fit in. So basically, beyond the paradigm is I look at. I mean, recently I've just been looking at the UFO phenomena, um, but I've looked at um, sort of over my seven episodes. I've looked into demonic possession. I've looked at the Apollo 11 moon landings. Um, I think I looked, I did one one episode on COVID um, and I'm just going through a series on the UFO. So I've just done two episodes on that and I'm partway through developing a third episode, which will be my final episode on that before I move on to something else. It's, it's basically taking a look at what people term conspiracy theories and also I'm going to be looking at also obviously the unseen world. Oh talk about spiritual things and going to cryptids like Bigfoot maybe, but all kinds of topics like that. But from from a perspective that I look through, which is a biblical perspective, that's that's pretty awesome. I don't, I don't think I've really ever seen um, a podcaster do that. Like, uh, actually look at it from a um, a religious perspective, a Christian perspective. There are a lot of people in the um, call it more conspiracy realms who you know say they are uh christian but uh they well they have a tendency to see like satan in everything like their their answer to everything is oh that's satan or that's demonic mm. or yeah. whatever and that gets that gets old it gets old quite quite fast so it's really refreshing that you're uh you're taking it from a uh from a different perspective it's yeah. really cool yeah I, I, I mean obviously i think it is a unique perspective like a lot of my podcast, I look at sort of, I'm, you know, I look at scientific reasons as well for things, and um, because a lot of people think that, you know, Christianity and science uh, don't go hand in hand. But many of the great scientists who've ever produced anything in the world were Christian men. Um, so we, I'm fully on board with the scientific method and things like that. Um, it's only recently that sort of scientists have gone more towards evolution because once over, they, were, they would have all been creationists. Whether they were Christians, 
they weren't all Christians, but they were certainly creationists or believed in a creator. Mm-hmm. So I bring I bring certain things to do with science in as well. Like, like I mean, on my third episode that I'm doing now on UFOs, there's a scientific element to it. Um, so that's going to come out in the next episode. Uh, UFOs is a uh, it's a hot topic at the moment. Yeah. So uh, you're uh, you're talking about the the right thing at the right moment. So that should definitely be uh, be a good kickoff to oh, yeah, your show. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got to keep sort of your, your ear to the ground and see what's trending and everything. Um, and obviously with the revelations that have come out of the United States with the intelligence officer, David Gruss, saying they had sort of spacecraft of non-human origin, obviously that's gone viral online. I thought, mm-hmm. obviously, I, I'm going to have to talk about it. Yeah, so from a like uh, a christian perspective um i don't i don't want to ask too much about it because you know if, if people want to hear your full opinion go you know go watch his shows go listen to his shows yeah um but do you believe that god or whatever higher creator um that he would have made um, multiple life forms outside of you know, outside of Earth, or are we just well, that special? Well, let's just say that I will define extraterrestrials as being not from Earth. Simply that, and it is a fact that extraterrestrials exist. So there's beings being created that are older than us. You could term them an elder race. We could call them angels. There's various words we can use, but essentially they're extraterrestrials they're not from another they're not little green men from another planet but <laughs> that would make it so much easier they're not they're not from earth that was actually going to be my last uh, or my uh, my follow-up question because by by that standard then um angels or angelic beings would be well, alien as well or extraterrestrial since they are not from uh, at least not from this this physical earth from this physical realm yeah yeah or uh would that make them more interdimensional because they they do have the power to um or at least the ability to manifest themselves into the physical world right oh absolutely i mean angels first of all the word angel simply means messenger um, yeah and the bible calls them various things i mean in psalm 82 um it refers to them as god with a small g so the word Elohim, which mm-hmm. can all can mean two things depending on the context. It can mean the triune God, which is the Creator, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Elohim, depending on the context. So, for example, Genesis one one states, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." So that the triune God. But then, depending on the context, Elohim can also mean God, which means they're lesser than the Creator. He created them. It's what we would consider as angels, but angel itself means messenger but they can certainly manifest um physically because um abraham one of the prophets from the old testament was met by what it says is three men and it turns out that one of them is a pre-incarnate um prior to the incarnation of christ was what we call theophanies which were pre-incarnate appearances of christ before he was incarnate as a man so one of them would have been lord jesus christ and then the other two would have been angels but it actually said that they ate food with him he actually ate food and had a drink so so they'd manifested physically and then they went in two of them went into the cities of sodom and and gomorrah to take out um one of god's people a man called lot with some of his family from the city so they actually laid hold upon him physically and took him by the arm so they they manifested physically Hmm. and um i i'm not 
really that well well versed in um in the bible although i do uh, know bits and pieces i try to um you know keep up with whatever other religions say but there have been um people holy man who physically went to heaven right who were like well, well still in their their physical body got yeah so to... so the first the first man that was taken who didn't die was a man called enoch um so in the old testament it it gives um it talks about people so it'll say like adam was 900 and so many years old and he died and it goes on and on and it says this man died but then when it gets to enoch it says that Enoch walked with God and then he was not because God took him, which means that he was translated to the kingdom of God and he mm -hmm. was he didn't die. There's also a second man called Elijah. He was a prophet in the Old Testament and he was taken up in a chariot of fire um, and he didn't die either. Now, he, he reappeared on the Mount of Transfiguration when Christ was uh, transfigured on the mountain. Um, Moses, who was an Old Testament prophet who had died and been buried, he appeared and Elijah appeared speaking to him on the mount, which we believe was Mount Hermon. So yeah, there's there's been two men who didn't die, who actually was translated into the kingdom of God. There's also a part in the New Testament regarding a man called Paul, whose original name was Saul, the apostle Paul, who wrote quite a bit of the New Testament. And it's, yeah. he said that he, the statement goes that he doesn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body, but he was translated into the third heaven. So we so the third heaven, yeah. So what we understand, so in terms of heaven, there was a question posted online a couple of weeks ago by a Christian man on Twitter, and his question was, does heaven have a locality? It's, a, it's almost impossible to answer. But when, we, when this man talks about the third heaven, how we traditionally understand it would be, so the sky, what you see is the first heaven, then... Mm -hmm outer space second heaven and beyond that we would call the third heaven but is it interdimensional has it gone through a portal it doesn't say it just says it was translated there yeah because that would mean that uh, if you're talking like the the actual sky and mm. outer space that like pretty much your your everyday man would be able to mm. like at least go to the the first heaven like if you go on yeah, a plane the sky, or, yeah. air, or yeah. air balloon or whatever you are yeah you're in you're in the sky you're high above the mm. grounds but like you're physically there or would so that would make heaven a like a physical place a physical realm well well the thing is so there is an actual so we know for a fact that christ yeah was resurrected from the dead so it wasn't like it was an actual physical resurrection so he appeared to over 500 witnesses over 40 days um, and his disciples were told one in particular thomas was told to handle him he said look i'm not just a spirit because they don't have flesh like i do touch touch my hands touch my side he also ate food with them and everything now he ascended into heaven so there's an actual physical we know there's an actual physical man there now the 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 the, the son of god yeah so he came back like into the physical body that he left or was it like a, a new or renewed no it was the same physical so, body so 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 God, as we believe it, mm -hmm. is what we call triune, okay? So he's one being, but he's three persons, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there is yeah. only one God. So the Son is the eternal Son. He isn't created because he is the creator. Mm -hmm. 
but the eternal son took upon him human flesh. So he was always God, but he took upon him the flesh of a man, which he got from his mother, Mary, who was a virgin. So he actually lived as a real man on earth for 33 years. And when he was crucified and died, the, that actual body was buried and he was actually physically dead for three days and three nights. Then he was resurrected in that same body and he's in that same body now. He is still here. Or he's still, is... he's, he's, yeah, he's ascended into heaven, but he's still yeah. in that body and he will actually come again physically for the second time. He, he will be seen again. And he'll be the fire. He's, he's the judge because it says that the son of God became the son of man. And the reason why he can judge men is because he has lived as a man. And he, he lived as a, he was the perfect man, the only perfect man. Yeah, you hear a lot about that, but I am like always curious and I, I would love your um your opinion on this as the perfect man. Like we know he had um a, a consort or a a wife perhaps in uh in mary magdalene no that's not true he, he was never married that that's simply a lie that well, was propagated not, by dan brown there's not, no, there's, there's no evidence uh, at all well i wouldn't say marriage as in like what we she, she uh, what would we have know just been now. one of his disciples but they had a special bond yeah they like she was I, i'm just this is just from but um well, I have read over the years, and you you definitely know better than I do. But wasn't it that uh, a lot of the other disciples were, um, I don't want to say jealous per se, but um, like that they noticed that Mary and, uh, and Christ, that they had a different kind of relationship with each other than Christ had with his other disciples. I mean, he was, you know, in, in that body, in that life, he was a man after all. So I do imagine he would have certain feelings, you know, and if he's the perfect man and with all the wisdom he has and being the son of God, then I do imagine that, you know, very simply put, procreation would definitely be one of the things that, that he would want for his, his lineage to continue. Yeah, but what you have to understand is this, he isn't an ordinary man, he's, 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 a, he's the God man, so he's God and man in one person. So he's not two persons, but he's got two natures. He has a divine nature and a human nature. The human nature was united to the divine nature at the incarnation. Now, as far as you were saying about did his disciples recognize whether he had a special bond with Mary, there's no indication of any special bond. I mean, she was one of his disciples and she was one of the Marys. There was a few Marys who was at the site of Jesus's crucifixion. And she did um, wipe Jesus's feet when she cried because she cried so many tears on her feet she wiped his feet with her hair but jesus had what we call a beloved disciple and that was john and john was um so i don't know if you know anything about the culture at the time but if they sat down to eat they didn't actually sit down they used to what we call recline so they would sort of lie on their side and they would oh, eat with their hand john like you would used, like you would see and, the romans do yes. for example yeah okay but and how they used to do it would be one would lie upon the other one's chest. Now, John was the one that used to place his head upon Jesus's chest. The, mm. Mary wouldn't have ever done anything like that. They used, the women would have served them and the men would have been reclining. So there's no indication whatsoever um, that Christ had any relationship with a woman, which we know he didn't. Christ's mission was to come, live the perfect life. Um, the reason The reason why he had to live a perfect life is because our first parents sinned. 
and broke God's law. Therefore, every person after that is born sinful because you can only have children that are in your own image. As we come from one man and one woman, we were all born like them, which is fallen. And so Jesus doesn't have an earthly father. He has a mother and where that's where he gets his earthly flesh from. So he had to be a man in order to be able to live um, a righteous and holy life and fulfill the law of God. And then he had to pay the price for sin. And then to show that he was perfect and holy and his sacrifice was accepted, that's why he rose from the dead. So that was his mission, what he came for. He, he didn't come to have, um, have children or anything like that. He, doesn't have any physical children in that way and there's no there's no other historical writings that indicate that for example there's there is other historical writings regarding christ some are wrote by unfriendly sources by a roman for example tacitus who talks about him uh, mm -hmm. there's also josephus that talks about him who was a jew didn't follow christ pliny the younger so there's many there's many other sources extra biblical sources um as well as obviously the gospels which were wrote by four separate individuals who were eyewitnesses tacitus um being pagan um yeah i am i am well familiar with he uh he wrote a lot about the uh the germanic people as well yeah um my lineage my uh, my heritage mm -hmm. um so but you know basically what you're saying is that like propaganda is of all ages you know oh absolutely i mean what you've got to understand is is that satan does have one goal and his goal is to ensure that people don't believe the truth. Um, he, he is the destroyer of men's souls, and he is a and Jesus called him a liar and a murderer. And when he speaks lies, he speaks his natural language. So it's not surprising that there's all these types of things being put out there um, that well, try to. Yeah, sorry, I, I don't. I don't mean to sound uh, sound blasphemous in any way. I, I always try to keep an open mind. But mm -hmm. if Satan, the the adversary, the ultimate adversary, um, the father of lies, which is you know a very fitting name, that's definitely why I can see that so many people say that Satan rules this world because you know the truth is. Uh, well, yeah. well G Jesus himself referred to him as the prince of this world or the god of this world. I mean, ultimately, uh, ultimately, God himself is sovereign over all. Um, you see that in but, the book of Job because Satan actually goes to God. It says that the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord. It said mm -hmm. that Satan came in amongst them and then God questioned him, not because he didn't know the answer, but he questioned him. And, and Satan was given permission to do certain things to one of God's servants, Job, um, because God basically said that Job wouldn't basically turn against him and Satan tried to get him to. He was only allowed to do certain things what God allowed him and he couldn't go any further than that. So in terms of him being the God of this world, yes, he is, but he can only do what he's allowed. Would that be where the, the concept of uh, free will comes in as well? That oh, people yeah. choose to, you know, do certain actions and, you know, give in to, uh, to the, um, the temptations of, you know, of Satan, of... Um, but, I mean, that's for a supposedly all-loving God. That's, that's quite a harsh move, actually. That's quite harsh to send someone, something, some being out there and just tell him, like, hey, you know, try and seduce them. Try and make them bad, do bad things so that I can punish them. That sounds... Well, that, 
no, so no, that, that, no, that, that's not, that's not how it is. I mean, Jesus himself was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. I mean, ultimately, God has created free creatures, so you can't love can't be compelled to. To be able to love, you have to be free. So when Adam and Eve were created, they did have free will. And God gave them, so they were created perfect. They was, they was in a perfect environment. And they had a perfect father, which was God. And then Satan tempted them, and they chose the wrong way. But they had everything in their favor, because, like I said, they were created perfect in a perfect environment with a perfect father. So they was like, Adam was like the best of us, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. He was the best, but he he chose freely to sin. So God doesn't make people do it. People choose it themselves because it, it, ultimately it's what they desire. And if people continue to desire certain things, God will go, okay, you can have that then. If that's what you want. It, it just sounds like... You can you know, choose again, not to, I... can't you? You, you can choose of, of to, course. or to, of course to you not. Can. But, yeah, but it I says guess that... it's just it's also your like your nature, your your upbringing. I mean, I can. I mean, this is kind of also uh, part of the, the like nature versus nurture um, discussion. Like, how much is uh, like your actual character? How much is you know you, and how much of that is just the um, the way you were brought up, the the people that you were brought up with. Yeah. Um, so, well, well, I think I think one of the things when you're thinking about nature and nurture is what you what you need to look at as well is look at some of the people in the world that have have had really good upbringings and then some of the horrific things that they've done. That's true. That is most definitely true. You know, you see that a lot with the uh, the people we we call the elite, for example, yeah. the the elites, yeah. the, the elites. Um, mm -hmm. par I prefer to uh, call them the parasitic elites because they're yeah. parasites; they don't create. Yeah. But they, you know, they have all the money, they have all the power, simply because you know we allow them to have it. Yeah. For some for some reason, I don't know why. Um, and they are the ones doing the most heinous things. Well, absolutely. I mean, I've got an episode coming up in a couple of weeks which proves that that some of these people who had really good upbringings can be some of the most you know the, the worst people on earth um i mean yeah. you know some of the things that the kings of england have done over the years i mean henry the eighth how many people he had killed he had one of his you know his, some of his wives beheaded and all types of things i mean the, the, this was the king you know yeah like so, he's supposed he's supposed to set an example right exactly and then you've got you've got this business with um, Jeffrey Epstein, and then obviously mm. Prince Andrew was linked to all that. I mean, he's not had a bad upbringing, but it's more than likely he's been involved in some kind of sexual misconduct as well as other things. And then on the um, let's say the the lower rungs, the lower tiers of society, the people who who have the least of all, like from what I've always and experience is that the people who have the least are the ones willing to give the most yeah. there's an incident such... of that in the yeah there's an incident yeah. of that in the bible where jesus talks about there's a um, there's people throwing money in the offering as they go into the temple and some of the rich men are throwing lots of money in um mm -hmm. but there's an old widow and it, it in the old in the old english language which is in the king james version of the bible which i read it says that she threw in a, uh two mites but 
it's it's old terminology, but basically what it means in she gave everything she had, even though it wasn't a lot. And then, G, but Jesus turned to his disciples and said, "I tell you, she has given more than all these." And like you said, she was at the lowest end of society because it wasn't a lot in, yeah, in like monetary amounts in, in yeah. amounts of money, but for her, since it, it was, was everything. everything that she had, yeah. that is yeah. And that's so much, so much better. Like to, to, to me, I don't, you know, I don't follow Christ necessarily, although you hmm. know, I definitely do agree with, um, with his teachings. You're such a, a better man if, you know, if you have the least, but, um, like that, that elderly woman are willing to give most. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's such a, a upside down world the ones that have the most if the least because you know if you're if you're rich you want to stay rich yeah. so you know you're gonna well money squeeze. is the root of all the, the love of money it's one of the most misquoted parts of the bible people say oh money is the root of all evil it's not that because money is an inanimate object it's the love of money is the root of all evil so it's, people who have yeah. lots of money they just want more yeah so it's the the energy attached to it the value attached to it or perceived value. perceived yeah yeah okay okay so um but you know let's say that so many of those you know rich people who aren't willing to you know part with their money but still you know they go to church they're you know they're good christians and all of that would they still be accepted in heaven because you know after all they did follow the teachings of christ they did you know love god and also by that standard they should be accepted right well first of all the only way that you can actually be accepted is what we call is if you're in christ so that means that salvation is not by work so there's nothing you can do to work your way to heaven because the 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 gulf between man and god is so vast man can't reach god um God's perfect and he can't have any imperfection in his kingdom at all. So just one sin, for example, telling one lie is enough to keep you out of there. You don't have to be a mass murderer. You can just tell one lie. Okay. That's because, that's setting because, the bar awfully high. Well, God's holy, you see, and this is what people don't understand about God. So they talk about, well, God is love. God is love, but God is also holy and holiness. Um, if we couldn't enter God's presence now, we'd die. God's that holy, we would we would instantly die. Man in his fallen state cannot approach unto God. People don't fully understand how what perfection actually means and holiness means. So when you talk about them like being good Christians or whatever, there's a lot of people that go to church and there's a lot of people amongst that people who aren't genuine believers they just sort of i call it churchianity rather than christianity they just go because <laughs> it's, it's it's cultural it's like a cultural christianity so there's only probably a very small percentage who are genuine believers and the bible teaches that no man can enter heaven but through jesus christ so but through faith in him um and so sin god requires that sin is punished he can't overlook any sin whatsoever so god in his infinite wisdom and mercy and love he sent christ to be what we call the propitiation for our sin so he makes atonement 
for us. And that's where the Old Testament types come in. So back in the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice different animals and things like that. I don't know if you've heard of the term scapegoat. It's a yeah. it's an old scapegoat. Well, what that is, is they would use a goat and they would the priest would lay his hands on the head of the goat and they would confess the sins. It was symbolic. They would confess the sins and then they would send the goat away as if it was symbolic of it taking away the sins. But the but the Bible does say that it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats and, and everything to actually take away sin. It's what we call, a, a, it's, it's, it's a type and a foreshadowing of what was to come. And what was to come was Jesus Christ. And he is the final sacrifice for sin. So I can I can now enter God's presence because I've been born again of the Spirit of God by faith in Jesus Christ. I can enter God's presence without the need of a sacrifice. And the reason why I can enter God's presence and not die is because I am covered in what's called the righteousness of Christ. So he, he kept the law of God for me. He kept it. He died for me. He rose for me. And not only for me, but for all those that believe in him. So he's like our federal head. He's the head of his people. So like the president of the United States is the head of the United States, the federal head, and he makes a decision which affects the nation. Adam was the first federal head of mankind. His mm -hmm. sin affected the rest of us. But then Jesus Christ, his perfect life for those that believe in him, it is a gift then. It's a gift of eternal life. It's a free gift given by God, but only through Christ. Okay, so just for example, like... Uh, like myself, for example, like I just like I just said, I do uh, I do believe that teachings of Christ, the original teachings of Christ, that they are teachings that um, that you should live by. Teachings that you know that should be spread. I mean, I don't. That's, that's just putting aside everything that's done in you know the name of religion, yeah, God and whatever. Like it's, it's bad people that do bad things in the name of religion. Oh yeah, but that's that's with with every religion. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that you know. Us, us pagans, us, us heathens are innocent in that we have done dirty as well. I've, I've um, yeah. now bad apples, they exist everywhere. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. but, and I like I do believe in uh, in Christ. I do believe in like the the Christ spirit that you know, that He exists. That the um, you know that that He exists in the good of this world. But I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I wouldn't say that. Oh, you know, I have surrendered myself to Christ. But I do see the goodness. I do see value. Yeah. Would that like at least give me? like a like a 50 50 chance or would i just have to completely surrender myself and my being enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can i make a podcast but it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily well now there is introducing podcasting made easy from podcasting audio my production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. 
So Jesus said that unless a man is born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. He shall not see it. And the only way that you're born again is by putting your complete faith in Christ. And when I talk about Christ, there is only one Christ. Christ means anointed one, the mm-hmm. Messiah. He is the Messiah, him and and he alone. Um, so Christi- true biblical Christianity is an exclusive. It's exclusive which is obviously very unpopular in this day and age. But Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. So he himself made an exclusive claim. And as one of his, as a follower of Christ, I believe that fully. It's not, it's not a popular thing in today's modern world with all its subjectivism <laughs> and you know, um, subjective moral standards rather than people looking to an objective standard. But mm-hmm. that is what Jesus taught. Clearly, it's it's a clear teaching of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Anyone, basically, Jesus said, he that has the son has life. He that ha- has not the son has not life. And the wrath of God abides upon him. I think this is a, uh, a, a valid question from uh, one of my good friends and tribal members. Um, yeah. Why leave Satan here to tempt as the adversary? Like... Is that necessary? Like, is it, ne- or, you know, because we can be righteous without necessarily like the, the need for temptation. I know that through, uh, through adversary, you experience the most growth, but I'd say that is only because adversary and hardship and trouble exist in this world. If it wouldn't exist, then I mean, you could say that it would be like, like paradise again before you know before the fall so why not just remove him like why 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 the need well leaving if you would remove him men had commit enough evil of their own volition we we only we only we only fall to any kind of temptation because of what we are by nature christ was took out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil yeah he was he was at his weakest point he was he was hungry He'd not eaten for 40 days. And it said that the devil had nothing in him, meaning he couldn't get he couldn't get his hooks into anything because Christ had no sinful nature. Whereas with us it's easy because we are fallen. I mean Satan, Satan ultimately, hell, when the Bible talks of hell, it actually says that it was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. But sinful men will go there as well. But it was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. Now there's certain things that we just can't answer. I mean God has decreed certain things and the Bible states that the secret things belong to God and the revealed things belong to us. And there's certain questions that we just can't answer um and to say why is it left him here i couldn't i I couldn't give you an answer that would satisfy because that's something that only god knows yes okay but like what about all those people like those those millions billions of people that lived before christ returned to earth before he he sacrificed himself to you know rid mankind of sin are they all in in hell simply because christ hadn't reincarnated yet or because i mean how, how do you know how do you surrender yourself to someone who like doesn't even exist yet, or you you don't know of its existence like assuming that god is eternal yeah well first of all jesus was prophesied in the garden of eden so were the first two people who the first two people who existed on earth the prophecy was made then so he was always going to come after the fall and obviously we have old testament prophets and everything who lived before jesus was actually incarnate upon earth who 
are in heaven as well because they they seen him afar off. They could foresee something coming that God had promised and they believed that. They had the faith in this person that was going to come. So the Old Testament people look forward, whereas we look backwards to him. He's the central figure of all history. So all the ones that are saved were looking forward to him, the ones who he came after in terms of his manhood and and those that now live after look back to him. Okay, that's... Because the prophecy was given in the Garden of Eden. God, God's, un, God's under no um, obligation to save anybody. He could have just destroyed everything and started again if he wanted to. We have no, we have no claim on God whatsoever. In fact, the question should be, why does God save anybody? Not why do people go to hell? The question should actually be, why does he actually save anybody? Well, that, that's love right exactly. that's his yeah. that's his divine love yeah he chose to do it but he didn't have to but he did choose to but no we 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 can't compel god to do anything wouldn't that be saying that god in a way has free will as well because he well god's the freest being that there is so when you talk of free will what we've got to understand about free will is what context are we talking because free will you can only act freely within the bounds of your own nature for example there's certain things god can't do for example he can't lie he can't he can't commit any type of sin whereas we there's there's things we can't do even if we chose even if we thought we could do we can't live a perfect life we haven't lived a perfect life so free will uh, is only within our own nature like I, I like for example like my ability i i can't freely choose to leave this room now and send into the sky because I haven't got that ability. But uh, I, I can only freely choose to do things that are within my nature. I mean, there is a paradox as well, which is taught in the scriptures, which is, is taught. So you've got divine sovereignty mm -hmm. and the predestination, but you've also got the free will of man and they run side by side. Now, as finite well, beings, we can't always understand certain things, but because of our pride, we always want to understand everything. We try to, man wants to be able to get God under a microscope and examine him and measure him. You can't do that. Yeah. No, that's that's the one. That's definitely the one thing I 100% agree with. If you want to find God, don't no, don't look smaller. Look bigger. Yeah. You know, God is yeah. everywhere. God is everything. That's that's the one thing I. Well, God, God's not everything. God transcends us. God transcends His creation. He's apart from His creation. God yeah, is okay, everywhere we, at once. We are part of His creation. I'd right? like we're part, created... we're part of His creation, but we're not part of his being i mean we are image bearers of god yeah? yeah human beings are unique because of the amago day which is the image of god so when he created adam first of all he formed him and what that means is he actually formed him as a potter formed some clay yeah so he took dust he formed him uh, but until he breathed into him he wasn't animated he wasn't a living being then when god so, breathed into him that's the image of god he was then animated became a living soul so what you're saying is adam is a golem he's a what sorry a golem explain that sorry i don't um a a golem is um it's, it's from it is from ancients uh well, well okay so um, so our body yeah i'll explain it like this our body is what we call a tabernacle it is a yeah. dwelling place so 
this flesh and blood will die, but I will still live on. My person, my soul, who I am. But this is just a tabernacle. This is my dwelling place. Okay, so uh, I will just share my screen real quick. Um, it may be really controversial what I'm saying, but so in Jewish folklore, a golem is an animated anthropomorphic being created entirely from inanimate matter, usually clay or mud. Uh, and then it goes into the whole narrative and all. Um, golem is most widely known as an artificial creature created by magic. Well, um, I, yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, Adam, Adam, what? Un, yeah, until God animated him by breathing into him the breath of life, he was just in, in he was inanimate, and he was made like he was made from the dust. Adam itself means red earth. That's what that means, red earth. It talks about the first Adam being from the earth, and he is mm -hmm. earthy, and the second Adam, which is Christ, is the Lord from heaven. So. It's, it, it, the as, Bible talks as, of as above, yeah. so below. That's it's a very yeah, that's a very old spiritual occult concept. Um, funny how that how that even works with um, with well, let's say the primordial man and the the Christ spirit. Um, so we were just talking about like a third heaven and all, yeah. and of course there's this this very popular saying that if you feel euphoric that you are in like the seventh heaven um so third heaven seventh heaven would that mean that there are multiple heavens like or is it is it kind of like it's kind of like dante um describes in his uh, in his divine comedy like heaven and hell having multiple layers and uh with... well hell certainly as we believe that hell will have levels of punishment um, so... and, and, and christ talks about rewards as well in heaven some will have more rewards than others even though we'll all be saved talks about rewards and things like that but christ so himself that... terms uh what one word he does use for the afterlife is paradise. Um, he, t he says that to the thief on the cross. There's two thieves crucified at either side of him. And one of them yeah. says, Lord, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And he says, today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. Um, see, you've got what's called the intermediate state and the final state. So at this moment in time, it's the intermediate state. So heaven actually in the final state comes down to earth. We will actually dwell on a new earth. That will be the final state when the kingdom oh. of God comes down. But at the moment, it's oh, the that'd intermediate be, that'd state. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, this, this earth is reserved for fire. God will, God will, and then it will be remade. And then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and the kingdom of God will come down. <laughs> that sounds like... Um, what many in the, um, the decoder spheres would uh, they like to call it a phoenix event? Yeah, it's the phoenix, of course, you know, rises he, from the ashes. Yeah, he burns up completely and then rises anew, rises up again, pure out of the ashes. So that hmm, there may actually be something something to it. But um, like, is there also? In, in in your uh, in your opinion in your um, like how you see it is there something like a purgatory for example where you which is as as I understand it at least another kind of intermediate stage like you're uh, in purgatory it's kind of like the waiting room 
between heaven and hell that, or that's a roman catholic teaching which i reject it's not in the bible it's not a teaching of the holy scriptures it's something that they've made up the scriptures clearly teach those two places and we would call them heaven and hell or you can call it hades um there is one other word used and hades. it's used in the hades is a greek concept yeah hades is the so the hebrew term would be sheol and then the greek term would be hades but there's also tartarus as well which is mentioned once in the bible by peter who talks about um the fallen angels being chained in darkness in tartarus um some of some of the bibles translated as hell but the actual word it's the only time it's used is tartarus but um Jesus talks of um, a rich man and Lazarus uh, who mm -hmm. both died and Lazarus was carried by the angels into what we call is Abraham's bosom, which is another physiology for paradise. And then it says that the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. He was in torment, but the rich man could see uh, Lazarus and Abraham, it said, afar off. And the rich man was crying out to Abraham to send Lazarus to dip his finger in some water so he could touch his tongue because he was in so much torment. But Abraham said to him, you can't come to us and we can't come to you because there is a chasm fixed between us. So they can't pass to that side and and also no one, because he, he also requested send Lazarus back to speak to his family so they wouldn't come to that place. Abraham said that the, like he won't he won't be going back. He said let him let them hear Moses and the prophet. So that that indicates like people can't they can't go back. That's when Jesus really lifted the veil on the afterlife. When it so so, but that would be what I would call the intermediate state now. It does talk about in the book of Revelation that Hades or hell will be cast into the lake of fire along with Satan and 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 everything. It talks about so so the lake of fire, what is mm -hmm. traditionally called hell, that will be the final place of punishment. But hmm, I mean, I always thought that uh, like I, I looked it up real quick. And um, it says, at least on Wikipedia, the Catholic Church found specific Old Testament support in afterlife purification in 2 Maccabees 1242-45. And I looked that up real quick. That's, um, that's not the Bible. That's an apocryphal book, which isn't included in the canon of Scripture. Some of the Roman Catholics apocryphal. We don't. That's not part of the canon of scripture. They get their teachings from a book that's not um, what we consider God's word. There's only 66 books in the actual canon of scripture, and the Maccabees isn't one of them. It might be a hist It might have some historical accuracy, but it isn't a scriptural book, so we wouldn't accept its authority anyway. It's been rejected as an authoritative book. Mm. So they get. So they do have extra biblical teachings, um, and that's where they get their idea of um, transubstantiation from, and obviously purgatory. But incidentally, regarding purgatory, it's easy to see through the teaching because they also teach that if you pay money to the Catholic Church, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. get people out of purgatory. Yeah, you can. You can buy your way into heaven so you um, can see why purgatory was invented yeah uh yeah it's made it, them a it, lot of money over years trust me oh 
oh, the Catholic Church is filthy rich. Um, Papa Rome's the biggest racketeer on earth. Oh, the man, biggest like, gangster. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, and how? Like, I, I said numerous times in, a, you know, in a, like a, a couple podcasts, I wish I had their marketing team. Like, oh, just yeah. how good they are and like several billion people and they're so they have they have their own army yeah yeah like the 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 vatican has their own army they have their the swiss own guards restricted libraries and all of that like i do wonder like that why all the why all the secrecy? Like, if you're supposedly, um, like, the, the first direct line from God on, you know, on this planet, as yeah. the Pope claims to be, at least, you know, he is the highest representative of God on Earth. Um, which is, which is, which is absolute blasphemy because he calls himself the vicar of christ there's only one vicar of christ and that's the holy spirit which is the third person of the trinity which means he's christ representative of on earth not not the pope the pope claim it's and it's from a misinterpretation of one of the scriptures they, they claim that peter was the first pope and that the popes descend from peter peter wasn't the first pope because there wasn't it basically it, it they miss they misunderstand and, and misinterpret where Jesus says to Peter, um, Peter confesses to him that he is he says to Jesus, You are the Christ, the mm -hmm. Son of the Living God. And then it, Jesus says to him, You are Peter or Cephas, and on this rock I will build my church. They claim that he was saying that he was gonna build the church on the rock of Peter, but he wasn't. It was the truth which Peter proclaimed, which Jesus was the Christ, because it says that Christ is the is the rock. So Jesus was saying on the basically on the truth that you've proclaimed, I'm going to build my church on that. And the Catholics claim that it's Peter who's the rock, therefore he's the first pope. But you can also you can also debunk that claim as well because they claim the pope's infallible. But it actually talks in the scriptures where Paul confronted Peter because Peter was at fault. Now, if he was infallible because he was the first pope, why was he confronted by Paul if Peter was at fault? Peter had many failings, which it's shown in the scriptures. So that's where the claim comes from, that the pope is like the representative upon earth, but he isn't. He's just a blasphemer and an antichrist. I mean... <sighs> They did well for themselves. So I gotta get. I gotta give them that. But in in very dishonest means, oh, yeah, uh, unfortunately. Definitely. So you know, uh, we we talked a little about um, how Christianity is very exclusive. Um, the same thing. The, actually, tr the true biblical Christianity. Yeah. What, of what course, the scriptures of course. clearly and, and truthfully teach. You do get obviously sections of Christianity now that teach universe. Well, quote Christianity. Yeah universal universalism but that's not the teaching of the holy scriptures if we've got to be honest and we've got to be truthful to the world and that's not what it teaches so but anybody can be born again right? oh yeah listen the gospel goes out to everybody it's freely offered to every man woman and child upon earth jesus says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest he's saying come to me to everybody there's no there's mm. no there's no nation on earth there's no ethnic my ethnic grouping on earth that's excluded all men are created equal but in one blood we're all of one blood we're all related 
and Jesus says, "Come to everybody." Because the that's it's kind of a, it's becoming quite a, a hot topic in um, in the pagan community in the pagan realms as well. That like is paganism is it like inclusive? Is it for everybody or? You know, is it very exclusive? And do you have to be born of the land to you know, be able to call yourself a Norse pagan or Germanic pagan or whatever? But exclusivity, at the very least, exists in uh, in the halls of the gods, the, the the realms, if you want to call them, or the the realms within the realms. I guess, um, for example, the most well known Valhalla, of course, is mm. a very very exclusive hall. It is is reserved for um for the the best and bravest warriors only and we we deal with a lot of the the same things you know people are trying to make paganism inclusive and all and i have read stories which are very well written absolute you know absolute tearjerkers but far from the truth that some like some child like a young young kid who battled with i don't know like with with cancer for example uh for his you know his whole life even though it may have been only like eight maybe ten years which is just very sad of course i'm yeah. not i'm not taking yeah. it taking anything away from that like you know he was a warrior and he was a fighter and held on to the very last end so odin t- you know took him up to valhalla and it's like i get it like i i understand why you would say that you know valhalla is the hall for warriors he fought and he battled a very serious and unfortunately still very um deadly disease like the mortality rate for cancer is still way higher than it it can be because we can't cure it there's just Mm. no money in curing um there's 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 money in treatment just not in curing absolutely yeah um no money in cure so but if you're if you're 10 years old or eight years old i'm just like i'm I'm picturing my my daughter now my eight-year-old sweetheart um um (laughs) but i don't want to see her in in valhalla or you know with um in in Volkwanger, which is the um, hall of freya which is also a uh like very much a warrior hall Mm. I mean, yeah, she is. She's a brave little girl, and my son, five years old, handful in age, two hands full in behavior, mm. very much like his dad. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't want to see them with those people because those are elite warriors. You could say like they are. The, like the the green berets yeah. of the warrior for example mm-hmm. you know they how they well live in in the afterlife is uh like ever preparing for ragnarok for the end of the world for um you know the 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 end of the world apocalypse but yeah um in northern germanic lore they they eat they drink they fight they train repeat so you know Ragnarok comes. So, however, or like how much of a beautiful sob story it may be, a ten-year-old boy is not going to be such a a great warrior. Like, I'm sorry, but there is a reason why the army has a like a minimum age of eighteen, and we're talking like physical army of of nations, let, let alone yeah. you know the gods or God or whatever. I expect that his standards or their standards would be even higher so the, the whole inclusivity thing that it's such depravity 
and it takes yeah. so much away from like from the actual teachings of Christ from the the stories of our our yeah. ancestors and mm. i i just i can't stand it no i i can't i can't i mean it takes obviously i mean i how i live is contrary to the world so so it's like the stream's flowing this way and I'm walking against it. So the pressure is always to accept certain things, certain lifestyles. Um, the LGBTQ thing's a big thing. Not Nothing against the people themselves. I work with people from that community. I, you know, I, I love those people. I'm taught to love all men. What the... The scriptures clearly teach it's it's a sinful lifestyle. Like many, not just them. I'm not just saying them. Adultery is far worse than that. But that that some adultery of adultery is worse. Really. Yeah, yeah. Because because you've because you've made a covenant. So so you've entered into a contract and you've made a covenant before God. You've promised to be faithful and then to go and commit adultery. We had I had this conversation with my old oh. pastor from a while back. We was talking about obviously the uh, the homosexual lifestyle but then we was talking about adultery and we we did sort of conclude well you know what adultery is worse because i feel that a lot of people from the lgbt community feel like that we beat them over the head a bit and some people do within christianity they have like an obsession with it but it's just it's just it is it's sin but there's other sins as well like drunkenness like let's you know how many people get uh, drunk millions uh, of people yeah um, and a drunk a drunkard can never reach heaven, right? Never can can never reach the, well, the kingdom of heaven. Well, it do see, this is the thing, right? So in the Bible it, it, it gives a it talks about different sins, it talks about uh, you know, fornicators, adulterers, homosexuals, and this and that. And then it says it's on about the Corinthians, it's the letter to the Corinthian church, and it says, such were some of you, but you are washed, you are cleansed. So there is people that were once homosexuals that have put their faith in Christ. They no longer live that way now. They've been forgiven and cleansed, yeah? Same as a drunkard, a drunkard or a liar, whatever. Because mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, but it is exclusive, but Jesus says come to everybody. But like the world is putting people under so much pressure to accept certain things. Like, whatever it... Like, obviously, me and you don't believe in the same things, but you have your belief at least if you're going to believe that believe it and don't deviate do you know what i mean like i yeah. believe the bible and i'm not going to accept what the world's telling me to accept no matter how many times they tell me and it's nothing to do with being unloving it's to do with honoring god before men and i don't fear man i fear god in in a reverential sense not yeah, do you know no. what i mean Rever yeah. reverence um so so no um i'm gonna remain dedicated to the exclusive teaching and and, and, it, and it's actually it's actually unloving to tell people lies so i'm not gonna tell them it's okay to be a drunkard to be a fornicator to be uh, a homosexual because if i do i'm telling them lies it'd be like in the house on fire and not telling them it's on fire and just leaving them to burn. I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's that's definitely a one-way trip to hell. Um, but I, I think it's just I think it's funny that fornicators um, or oathbreakers, as we would um, well adultery, ad adul adultery. So obviously, what I'll clarify what I mean: a fornicator is someone who has sex outside of marriage, or they 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 themselves are not married, and the other person's not married. An adultery is someone who's married and then yeah, okay. has relations so, with someone else. Yeah, so adul yeah. adultery. That's that's yeah. that's what I what I meant. You could yeah. see that as 
breaking a sacred oath, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny because in uh, in Norse paganism, in you know, let's say let's just say Northern European paganism, uh, to be an oath breaker is the worst that you can be because your oath yeah. is secret. And even though uh, in uh, Northern paganism we don't really have a uh, a realm of punishments as uh, as Christians do, mm-hmm. for oath breakers there is a uh, there is a realm for them. There is a realm where they uh, where they will basically suffer for uh, for all eternity, which is guarded by uh, by the dra- by a dragon. Um, yeah. uh, well, the devil himself's called the dragon. Yeah, the the red dragon. Yeah, um, I think that's I think it's interesting how there is how our faiths are you know so different, but. There are definitely commonalities um, within them, and it's you know especially the uh, the breaking of oaths. I mm. um, I have spoken about this with um, with Chalavash with Joshua uh, a lot. He has written a whole Substack article about it. That there is really no punishment anymore for oath breakers. If anything, mm. the the um, the top tier of society, you know, politicians and whatever, we're kind of expecting them to lie and break their oath. Yeah. Because that's that's what they do. That's what they, they never do, yeah. they even if they they tell the truth, it's never the whole truth. It's always uh, the truth that is most convenient for them. And what I'm wondering and you know the uh, the whole reason why uh, why Chaldevash wrote the uh, the article about it. Why aren't we doing anything about it? Or why are why are the gods? Why is why is God not doing doing anything about it here on Earth? Like I I know that later in the afterlife they will be punished for it, but we are suffering now because of it. And yeah. God and the gods they. They have the power to. I don't want to say fix it because you know it is within uh, within men as well to you know do that. As you know, as you said, I do agree with that. Um, we don't necessarily have to be tempted. Sometimes we just you know do it. Mm. But why are they? Uh, why are they getting away with it? Why is God letting them? get away with it only to punish them in the afterlife isn't that well he's like, giving isn't, them, it, isn't that a little little late like no, it's oh yeah i i know you're suffering now but don't worry once they die they'll be punished that doesn't that doesn't help us now that doesn't help us here hi everyone this is jj the co-founder of good pods if you haven't heard of it yet good pods is like goodreads or instagram but for podcasts It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! What you've got to understand is the majority of the world rejected God. So why should God involve himself? Because they've, for example, over here in the UK, gone so far away. Like they don't they don't want it teaching anymore in schools. You know, they removed the Ten Commandments from public buildings, etc., etc. So what God has done, God has gone, okay, you don't want me. Here is the world now, what it looks like without me treat yourself so god's taking his hands away yeah even though he is still sovereign yeah 
but he is showing us this is what it's like. These are the leaders that you get what you deserve because you've turned away from me. So you will have these leaders who lie to you, who cheat, who, who you know, who try and control you. And there will be a rise in crime and all these things because this mm-hmm. is the world what you have chosen. This is what I mean about free will. People have people reject him. Like I used to do open air preaching and the aggression from people. I'm a trained preacher. I used to preach in a mission church in, in Northern Ireland and I've preached in my own homeland in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to preach on the streets. And people are so hostile to it. They don't want to listen. So God's gone, okay, then. You, this is what I'm talking about, free will. God won't force himself upon you. So God's gone, okay, I will stand back now and let's see what happens. God knows what's going to happen. Um, and he still does. So God, it says that God raises up kingdoms and he throws them down again. So when a, a ruler is removed, they're removed because God's ordained that that person's going to be removed. So finally, when, for example, like we've had a couple of new prime ministers over the last sort of three or four years, our queen died and we've got a new king. These are all in God's providence, yeah? Vladimir Putin will be gone well, at some point. I hope all the people that we call the world leaders will be gone yeah. at some point. Well, um, they will. But in regards to final justice, like, yeah, okay, some some people like are doing things at the minute, but God's giving them time also to repent of the sins because people always want God to intervene. And they say, why doesn't God intervene to stop evil? Well, okay. What if he started with you or me? No one ever considers that. That's Let- that's a that's actually that's a good one. You know, we as people we have definitely sins. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm I'm innocent. You know, if yeah. we're going to I mean, through, I'm not saying you're the- a mass murderer or I'm a mass murderer. But my point is, what I'm saying to people, they always like to talk about evil that's- people and sin. Why don't they stop the other person? Well, what if he decides he's going to stop yeah, you? Yeah, that's 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 what I mean with that. There are definitely values in the teaching of teachings of Christ, because he, and how I understand it at least, he also tells you and teaches you to look at yourself, look at your own mm-hmm. being, because it's it's so easy to just you know point the finger at someone else. Yeah, know you, yeah. know well, you do, gotta you gotta yeah. fix this, you gotta fix that, you gotta fix yourself. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jesus and... taught, yeah, he said exactly that. He said, like, basically, why do you talk about the splinter or the atom that's in your brother's eye when you've got, like, basically a big beam of wood in your eye? <laughs> meaning, yeah. Meaning, yeah, deal no, with it's... your own sins first before you yeah. start saying things about other people. Yeah. You know, judge yourself. Like, well, no, what was it? Judge others as you want to be judged or something? Or Yeah. It uh... says judge not lest you be judged. But what he means by that is like, don't go around condemning people. Like, who are you to condemn? Like, you're not the judge. You won't condemn anybody. No. And then yeah, I think it's so funny. Like you, you see all those you know, sl- slutty little girls who always have the mm. like the tattoo of "Only God can judge me," and I'm just yeah. looking at I'm just looking at them, and I'm thinking like, "Oh, trust me, honey, God has judged you." Well, this <laughs> you... is the thing. The, see, see, judgment can occur in this life, and does occur in this life. There are temporal judgments which we see in the earth all the time, what we call natural disasters. But not not only that. Aside from that, on the person themselves one of the worst judgments upon a person in fact in fact it's the worst judgment is actually to be given what they want from their own heart because the bible says that the heart 
is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So when someone keeps pursuing something that's damaging to them and they will not stop, God will go, all right then. And that's the worst judgment because then they'll pursue it more than likely unto their death and final perdition. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing in this world. People, especially with money, like money and fame, people chasing money, chasing fame mm. to the detriments of anything, everything, anyone, everyone, you know, selling selling their soul. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if, um, you know, that's, that's another thing I always uh, found interesting that there are so many Christians who will say, but like you can't sell your soul because, you know, your soul is not yours to sell because, you know, yeah. that is the... You know, the well, little well, look, divine yeah. part of you that still exists. So it's not, well, well, it is ultimately, not yours. You, yeah, yeah. You, you basically, you're in one of two kingdoms. You're either in the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness, and we're all born into the kingdom of darkness. So Satan has us in his clutches from birth. It's only when Jesus comes and sets you free. So you can't really sell your soul because you're already in his clutches. Although some people do sort of make, like, I've heard of different, um, you know, celebrities who have gone on record of saying that they've sort of made like an actual pact with the devil, like you make me rich and I'll basically do whatever you want. Because that was one of the temptations that he brought to Jesus. It says that he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, if you fall down and worship me, I will give you all this because it's mine to give. And then Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall only worship the Lord your God. Because every time Satan said something, Jesus uses the word of God to fend him off. But yeah, I mean, I have heard of celebrities who have basically like, they've been quoted as saying like they've like made this sort of pact actually with Satan. I mean, I can, I can believe and I, I do believe that um you know selling your your soul is real just not like your actual soul but it that yeah. it's more uh selling your your morals selling your your values and mm. well, like you like you said basically doing doing anything just so to become rich and become famous and later on you know stay rich and stay famous uh, uh, the only thing is that um i believe that you know like once you are there once you have reached a certain level the things you uh you have to do to you know climb up even higher or you know stay at that level that it will become more and more depraved that there uh, yeah um, definitely that uh, the act you you have to perform the things you have to do will become more and more heinous and you know that's well, that's also that's yeah. that's like yeah. the other side of the the true tests of uh, of free will like how far down into depravity are you willing to go for what you want well i mean it's, it's frightening to consider how depraved human beings can be i mean you actually only need to read the bible because the things that it tells you about in there i mean that i mean the old testament laws the things that it talks about like laws against rape and bestiality and all these things the reason why there's laws against them is because people was doing it like they was doing these things they were sacrificing the children to Moloch and all these types of things that's why all these things are forbidden. God didn't just make these rules up just because he, he was doing it because people are so depraved. And to show them, the law is actually to show you 
how sinful you are. Like it, 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 the Bible calls it the schoolmaster that brings you to Christ. It shows you there's all these things it's telling you to do. And then it says in the scriptures that man has done all these things and there's some horrific sins in there. And it says that man's done them all. Like I'm not saying each individual man, I'm talking of mankind in general. No, yeah, I've I, all I, done it at some point. It's happened. I mean, it's pretty serious if you know, if God has to write down like, "Hey, guys, don't do this." Yeah. Like the, you would think that for you know the the everyday man with just you know, a semi intellect, it would be common sense. Like, "Hey, guys, don't sacrifice your ch children to Moloch." Huh? Shouldn't well, be it, doing that. Oh, well, well, exactly. Well, yeah. Good thing you well, told us. We but it's actually known. happening, isn't it? It's actually happening I mean, in another form because um, yeah. Solomon says that there's nothing new under the sun. So basically, abortion is basically sacrifice. It's sacrifice yeah. on the altar of convenience and prosperity and wealth because when you listen to these women who have had abortions, a lot of them say, well, it wasn't the right time and how was I supposed to get a job and all these things? Just total selfishness, yeah? Yeah, like it wasn't the right time. Well, excuse Don't me. Don't have sex if it, or, You know, put rubber on it. Easy, you know? Oh, but I don't, you know, I don't like that. I don't like the feel of it. Well, then just, you know, don't do it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I became a father when I was, you know, when I was quite young. I'm 31 years old. My daughter mm. is uh, is eight at the moment. I was in my, my early 20s yeah. when I became a father. It was a very, very hard time at mm -hmm. first because, you know, I was so young and I was also like still kind of figuring myself out i just came out of the you know like out of my my late teens you know like the party yeah. phase and just kind of like oh i'm like i'm an adult quote unquote mm. now yeah yeah um like all of a sudden i can do all of these things let's like let's just explore let's explore what i can do and what the consequences are of it if it's you know if it's good keep doing it if it doesn't go so well eh, guess i shouldn't but um my my daughter and now also my son who is uh who's five years old they they are the reason why i keep um like why i keep working why i why i keep trying to improve myself improve my my standing why i why i want to be why i need to be a a good man a good father because you know i have two young children i need to set a good example i need to be able to take care of them so i'm always so well, astonished by the fact that people say oh it wasn't the right time and then you know those women by the time they hit 40 for example you know yeah they have a career and mm. they're making good money and they got this, you know, all these these like amazing material goods. But they never started the family. They never had kids. They never found the right mm. man. And well, you know, yeah. at, at they're Sad. like, oh, I do kind of wish that I would have started the family. Like looking around, all my friends now have families. They have a child, two kids, three kids. I, you know, I don't know. Mm. And like here I am in my big beautiful house with you know all the money in the bank and like what do i have a dog a cat yeah, maybe yeah. who is my child it's, no no it, see, so, see all as well what see, see what i have said in in the past is that if someone who's had an abortion it doesn't make them not a mother what it makes them is is the mother of a dead baby that is what they are 
they are a mother of a dead baby because they've, the baby's been killed. Yeah, and this, this is, yeah, this is exactly what we're talking about. You would think it's it's common sense, but in the end times, mm. the morals of mankind flip. No, it's definitely the end uh, times. Oh yeah, I mean, we uh, on here on the the podcast we did a whole whole series that was already the the big kickoff for the the podcast about Ragnarok and the apocalypse and the end of the world and all and we um we, we looked at the different scriptures uh we took uh, the texts from buddhism hinduism paganism christianity you name it and like all, all really compared them to each other and then kind of projected it on you know the society that we live in today and i mean we we all basically came to the conclusion that yeah these these are these are the end times these are mm. the worst worst of times uh well it's it's always been a theme that people always do think they are at the end um now, as Christians, we know we've been in the end times since Jesus mm -hmm. ended. There are those actual, like, what you could call the end of the end type. Do you know what I mean? And I think we're getting towards that now. In terms of actually how the earth is now, it's actually not as bad as it was pre-flood, pre-Noah's flood. It was far worse then than it is now because the Bible actually says that every imagination of the the thoughts of men's heart was only continually evil all the time, like all the time. Um, and at that point as well, there were fallen angels that came down to earth. Those are uh, the sons of God. The, the, and then it said the Nephilim was on the earth in those days. Uh, yeah. You know, so they were really, really t to the point where obviously God had to send a cataclysm, which is the flood, the universal flood, and only eight people were saved in the ark. But I mean, we're we're getting we're getting worse and worse and worse every time, every year. It's just worse. I mean, there's things going on now. If I mean, I'm 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 ex ex army, and and in the UK, what it was it was still illegal to be a homosexual up until 1996 in the army. So that's only 27 years ago, and now they're obviously having gay marriage and things like that. Which is which is also blasphemous because marriage was instituted by God in the Garden of Eden, and it's the union of two opposites uh, for the il for illustration, procreation, and sanctification. So God Himself instituted that before there was any nations. So mankind can't change what that means. So gay marriage isn't actually marriage anyway. But I mean, if you just said also... to me. It's also kind of a kind of a meme, you know. People saying it was Adam and Eve, not Adam yes, and Steve. Adam is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there there yeah, is there the, is something the, to it, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. Gay it's a big, marriage, it's a big gay thing. sex. There, yeah. there isn't any, there isn't any procreation. Well, you know? the relation, the relationships of death don't bring new life. There's no new life no. comes from them relationship. Um, and it's I mean, it clearly shows that we are like in the upside down, so to speak, because. The fact that people can even argue with you, like it's totally against nature. Like you only need to look at how we are as a man and a woman, how we actually go together. Like mm -hmm. it shouldn't even be a debate. It shouldn't even be an argument. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you on that. But, you know, nowadays, like what is yeah. a woman? What is mm -hmm. a man? Like yeah. even that we are no longer sure of. Mm. Like I can just identify as a woman right now and you have to validate it. You have to accept it. Why? Mm. Because I said so. Like I feel like a woman now. Therefore, I am a woman. Physically, still very much a man. 
but because yeah. I feel like a woman, therefore I, I would always I say to them. Yeah, I would always say to them, How can you feel like a woman when you're not one? Because you don't go through a menstrual cycle. You don't desire to have oh, children like them. most women. So how can God, they I don't actually... go through a menstrual yeah. cycle? I, yeah, I, so I they can't. Skip. Yeah, <laughs> so they can't actually feel like it, can they? When when these men say that they feel like a woman, how can they feel like a woman? They don't know how a woman really feels. They don't no, have the same emotions, the same hormones. Yeah, and that's you know I I've seen a uh, a video recently of a oh, I always get too confused like trans men I guess like not now it's men. I guess, um, who is like on video crying because, you know, before the transition, he, she, I guess, you know, never knew that the life of a man is so hard and it's so difficult mm. and all of that. And it's like, welcome. Yeah. Like we are, as, as men, we are put under so much pressure and so much yeah. scrutiny and so much is expected well, from yeah. us that I, I almost, as a woman, I'm not saying that you know being a woman is easy like they have it hard too just in in a very yeah. like very much a different way yeah. you know just being human isn't easy ask mm -hmm. anyone um but like I, I really don't understand why would you want to make that transition like everybody's talking about toxic masculinity and whatever but there are people transitioning you know and getting yeah all kinds of surgeries and hormones to be a man no mm. no no stay 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 as you are like if you were yeah. meant to be born as a man you'd be born as a man yeah like, god doesn't I, make any mistakes he's statistically like statistically, i guess he does you know <laughs> well no because see this is the thing it's like a sinful desire isn't it that they should be rejecting they're saying they feel this way it's 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 another example of broken mankind that were fallen so we're all broken so these are manifestations of that brokenness but oh. statistically the majority of people that die violent deaths are men the majority yeah. of people that have been killed in war and men the majority of people that have died on oil rigs have been men so why do they want to be a man the majority of people that do manual labor are men yeah the you know the the suicide rate among men is higher than among women you know yeah. i i unfortunately have first-hand experience with that with my uh with my brother um and like yeah women i'm not taking anything away from them they have it hard too you know like yeah. i said it's kind of kind of jokingly but you know it is true Thank the gods that men don't menstruate. I, I would not want to go through that every month, no. like every month, like uh, three days to a week straight, just purging, like cramps mm. and all the you know gross and icky stuff, and mm. you know I. And I, you know, I admire women that, that they go through that. Like, I, I feel for them that they have to go through that every month. You know, yeah. childbirth is the most single, um, like, the, the, mo the thing that causes the most pain mm. for a human ever. But, you know, at the same time, you're bringing in new life into this world so there yeah. is so much, so much yeah there is so much this this sounds really odd maybe but so much beauty in the suffering but it is suffering nonetheless like it is absolutely agonizing and i, I can totally imagine why some women are like you know what one is enough like i don't yeah. want to i don't want to do that again and then there are women who like have a kid every year like, 
okay you know mm. it's, it's 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 your it's your body mm. um so yeah i'm not taking anything away from women like they have it hard too just in a in a very much different way and you know i commend them for it i i have all respect for you know for women but leave the men to be men like you you need us we need you that much is yeah. obvious has been yeah it has been well there's different the roles beginning. there's different roles god created men and women for different roles would have yeah. equal value would have equal value exactly. in the eyes of god men and women exactly. are equal value however we have been created differently and we have equal roles to complement each other. Yeah. Women could there's things that women can do that men can't do, and there's things that men can do that women can't do. And physic physically, for example, your average man is a lot stronger than your average woman for a reason. But yeah. that doesn't take away the fact that men and women are of equal value, and that gets lost in today's society um, because obviously there's a lot of misogyny and and everything like that. But there is roles. There's a role in a marriage. There's roles in society. I mean, for example, like at my church, there's no females in any kind of leadership position. There's not, there wouldn't ever be a female pastor. There wouldn't ever be a preacher who's a woman because God doesn't, God has excluded them from them roles. They're exclusively for men, but that doesn't mean they're of less value than, of course, they're of value. In fact, in fact, the first people that discovered that Christ had risen from the dead were women. And for a very good reason, culturally, that was very embarrassing for a man. The fact that women were the first to tell the story. So like the disciples would have been quite ashamed that they weren't there and that these women actually discovered the empty tomb first. But they're of equal value. Yeah. The, yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's what I always say as well. Like men and women, we are equal opposites. Like yeah. one, one is not less than the other. We're just no. different. Men's different two. roles. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's like, maybe that's where it all like went downhill really fast when, you know, women said like, oh, we are equal to men. And therefore, like, we can do all the things that men can do as well. Which has I mean, been proven. I mean, I'm not, I don't watch sports, but my son watches football and everything. And obviously, there's been a big thing over in England with, I think, the England women's team won some tournament. And, but it was... I think there's been sort of a few games where they've played against different, well, I'd say men's teams. One was a man's team here from where I live now in North Wales, but there was mm -hmm. like older men in the 50s. And yeah. they played, I think they played the United States women's international team, who's like apparently like the best women's team. But this this man's team, who was like all older men who were retired, won twelve nil, which is embarrassing, I suppose, in football terms. If if you're if you're the best women's team in the world and you get you know, beat by yeah. a bunch bunch of retired old men, that's yeah. that's pretty that's pretty embarrassing. But it, but, it, but it's it, it's like proving a point to them yeah. that they can't do. I think there was another one where some youth team from Salford, which is near Manchester, I think there was like fifteen year old boys played the Manchester United women's first team, but the 15-year-old boys won 9-0. Yeah, I, I believe I've heard that, that story it's, before. Someone like telling a, me about that, yeah. Like a, a bunch of bunch of school kids, like, yeah. you know, my, my, my daughter's age, like eight, nine years old, mm. beating young women. Mm. But and, it's not obviously, I mean, talking like this now is obviously, oh, you shouldn't talk like that in today's ooh. society. 
Yeah, but, no, because the thing is, it's not no, like those, set, like those women are stunning and brave, and you know yeah. they just you know they just had a bad day, or like the boys cheated, or whatever, you know, because yeah. they're they're boys and they're toxic, and you know they always mm. cheat or whatever. No. Well, it's been shown in athletics as well, where they've had a transgender woman who's oh, God, yeah. like won a race by like half the track or something, like so far in front. It's it's even uh, transitions. No which is which is no I pun mean, intended into yeah. martial arts into cage fighting yeah it's it's, it's like it's because it's it now shocking. has well artificial lady bits so to mm. speak and identifies as a woman has a woman has a woman's name and whatever uh i believe it was a former um former navy seal or like very very pretty high up in the in the uh u.s military yeah. um he got into a cage with a a woman and my god she got massacred yeah i've seen a video on youtube um it was i think it was the u.s marines and they can have women in the u.s marines and they do part of their training is called pugil sticks they're like they've got like pieces of form on the end but they hit each other with them oh right yeah and, but... and it's, there's a video of a, one it's... of the guys who does it with this woman and within two seconds she's on the floor like three times it's just embarrassing but i mean it's, it's, it, it's for... not right it's just not right it's like that, no, that's another and... sign that we were getting towards the end how upside down everything is yeah i mean that's, that's treating what I... like that's not right anyway like if that was me i would have no, refused i would have refused to do it like i wouldn't I wouldn't lay hands on a woman like that. These men who were getting in a cage with them, it's, it's just, I, I have no it's, words to describe it. They shouldn't be doing that to them. It's, it's you know, those are weak men. Like the, yeah. those are the, those are the weak men that create the hard time. Yeah. Men like that and men who, who dare not stand up for themselves and stand up for these, these values, which, mm. you know, you, you shouldn't need, or you shouldn't necessarily be needing religion or a God or Christ or whatever to, um, to have these values or to, to see the value in the teachings. So yeah. it's, it's, it's good that it's there you know and it helps a lot of people it makes honest men out of a lot out of a lot uh, out a lot of men it makes honest women out of uh, a lot of women but like even without it we should be able to to see it we should have those, those values but instead we're just told you know buy this assume this oh you feel like you're a woman well then you're a woman you know yeah Cut, you know, cut off your, cut off your dick, grow a pair of tits, and now you're a woman. Uh, you know, it's and there's course, a big industry I, behind that as well, though, as well. The well, money, like I said, a love of money, but the industry behind that, it's billions of pounds industry. I mean, obviously, the drugs that they give them to to obviously uh, suppress certain hormones and things like that. Oh, uh, there's just the um, pharmaceutical yeah. industry. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why like all the the more conspiracy-minded people always say follow the money mm -hmm. if you follow yeah. the money you'll find the ones who are behind it the the think tanks the families the groups the industries yeah absolutely and it is indeed the love of money or you know more like obsession with money because yeah. people are obsessed with money even though there are just numbers on a bank account mainly consisting of numbers somewhere on a computer you know written in codes which is numbers it's ones mm. and zeros like everything yeah. is ones and zeros so mm. 
doesn't even exist. You know, I, no. I can say that like these these coins, for example, this is money. This yeah. is physical. This mm -hmm. I can, you know, I can hold in my hand. This I can, you know, give to the, the cashier at the supermarket. Yeah. That that's actual money. All the the like the numbers on my bank account, whether they be, you know, black or, or red or like whatever, they don't exist. So no. look at what happened to uh like for example the, the farmers here in the in the Netherlands or the, the truckers in Canada. You know, their bank accounts got drained in an instant. All their mm. money gone because you know it was reset to zero. Yeah. And then their the perceived money or what we call money mm. was gone and their lives basically ruined. But just to just to sort of note, and these rich people, this is one thing that they need to hear is this, is that Jesus said, woe unto the rich man, for you have had your consolation. It's just a consolation, because in the next <laughs> life, they will be punished forever. I mean, you know, being a billionaire it's just, is... It's just, just temporary. Yeah. When, like, when, when the queen... You're not going to be... You're not going to be able to take all those no. those billions with you to the afterlife. When, you know, that all stays here. When Queen Elizabeth II died, one of the symbolic moments when she was on TV is when... So when they took a coffin into the chapel, they had the scepter on top of the coffin. They had mm -hmm. the orb and they had the crown. And then the jeweler came and he, he took the crown, the orb and the scepter, which is obviously a, a, a big moment because that shows you that even a queen can't go with anything, which teaches it, no matter how rich you are, yeah, the Queen of England, her crown and everything was removed. You, you, can't, you can't take that into the next life. That is some very powerful symbology. That's some very powerful, mm. powerful. Yeah. Wow. Even the Queen of England, who yeah. basically... 70 ruled, years on the throne, but... Uh, ruled the world, in, basically. Yeah. Seven, yeah cause, cause, 70 yeah. years on the throne. Se really? 70 years, longest serving monarch. In England, Sheesh. ever she, she celebrated a platinum jubilee the year, she, and then she passed away a few months later. But obviously, that symbolism is is a stark reminder to mankind that you're that, going to die, and no matter even, who you think you are, you can't take these things with you. That even the the queen of what was once the most powerful powerful nation in the world yeah. is mortal. So. Yeah ends yeah. up in in a coffin and all of her her power all of the you know the beautiful jewelry and symbols of power are left behind yeah. that's because it, it yeah because it says that god is no respecter of persons so at the moment when that person breathes their last they go to their final place whether it's heaven or hell depending on whether they believe in christ or not but it's literally at that moment, all them things that they had in this life, at that moment of death, they're gone. They're God doesn't look at that and go, oh, you have so much money in your bank. It's absolutely meaningless. Absolutely. Because it's I mean, just um, a transient life. Unless you ask the uh, the Roman Catholic Church, of course, then God most definitely looks no. at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for purgatory reasons, yeah. Yeah, now buy your way out of purgatory. Mm. To special discount, do it for the price of one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are almost two hours in. Uh, this is... It's I, gone quite it's quickly. It's gone quite quickly, I think. Yeah, mm. it, it has. I didn't I didn't expect to uh, to go for uh, for so long. Like, uh, but this that's, that's good. Like uh, we we touched on some great topics. Uh, yeah. A lot of lot of stuff to uh, to think about. A lot of stuff mm. to uh, to keep in mind. With I guess the the biggest lesson of all is you know, 
just be righteous and i think if you're just if you're just you know being a righteous man doing good in this in this world it'll get you quite far it'll get you uh, i mean maybe it won't get you to heaven but no you know at least you left a good legacy and that's also worth uh, worth a bunch at least to you know in yeah in my opinion for me leaving a a good legacy leaving a legacy of, of being a good man of being a righteous man is also very important the hmm. the legacy that you that you leave behind how you will be remembered hmm. yes um yeah i think it is about time we uh we wrap it up. Thank you yeah, for yeah. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Uh, even though we are two totally opposite individuals, I you know I respect your uh, I respect your opinion. I respect the teachings and um, the work you do. Um, is there anything that uh, that you want to plug? Anything that you are currently working on that uh, the good people should definitely be, uh, be well, yeah i mean they should so like i said i've done a, a series on the ufo phenomena and i'm going to conclude it this week so it'll be on spotify on apple amazon music and on youtube on friday coming um which is the conclusion that i give to the whole ufo phenomena and then i'll move on to a completely different topic so i would encourage people if they haven't listened to the other two episodes to listen to them and then listen to the third episode which will conclude all that uh, you only recently joined uh joined youtube right like to... i've just yeah, I've been trying to. I'm I'm not very good uh, techn with technology. I mean, because <laughs> of my age, we didn't sort of do these things when I were at school. So I'm having to learn myself. But yeah, I managed to get uh, six of my video, uh, six of them. Obviously, being audio only, I had to convert them and everything. But yeah, I've managed to get them on YouTube now. So everything that I put on to find everything will go on YouTube also. Awesome. Just spreading spreading the message, spreading the yeah. good words, uh, just digitally as as you do in yeah. this this age, I guess. Yeah. Um I have your links in the uh in the description down below, or at least uh, the links that you uh you send me over email. Yeah. You you won't have uh, a YouTube one because that's new, but yeah, I sent you some over a few I, days no, ago. No, I yeah. uh I do. Actually, oh, because um, on on YouTube, you know, this is, this is why I'm glad that I'm in my uh, my early thirties. I kind of grew up with the internet. Okay. Uh, on YouTube, there's now also a thing that you can uh, tag people in title. So uh, if you go to the title of this video and you um, just click on the tag Beyond the Paradigm seventy nine or at Beyond the Paradigm seventy nine, it should uh, it should lead to uh, to your YouTube channel. I did okay. that right away to uh, like also make that. sure that people know that you're now on mm. on YouTube. So this has been a very interesting conversation between yeah. people who believe two totally opposite things. It's been um, good, yeah. Thank you. It's it's definitely been. Uh, been good and uh i wish you all the best with your uh, with your podcast with your project i'll uh, i'll definitely be uh, be listening to your uh, your ufo series i'm quite uh, quite curious to what you think of it how you see it being a uh, a good christian uh so yeah this has been another 
amazing episode of the Grey Horde Pagans podcast. Um, you can find us on all the bigger podcasting networks, of course. Uh, check us out on Good Pods. Good Pods is a um, it's a fun sort of new uh, podcasting platform. It's kind of podcasting meets social media in a way. Uh, you can find all the videos, uh, video versions of the podcast here on YouTube. All the edited videos go on Rumble and on Odyssey. Uh, yeah, leave us a like, leave us a comment, um, share it with well everyone. You know, just spread it far and wide. And yeah, I think that is about all what I should be saying for the the YouTube algorithm and all. So. Uh, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for uh, listening. Again, thank you, Paul, for coming on. Check out his show, Beyond the Paradigm. Um, it's, it sounds very promising. And I will see you all. I will hear you all. I will find you all next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.